Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Let's come to the Word. And uh, obviously with our kids' presentation, you weren't here for this morning. Our kids' presentation took up most of the service. I didn't get to preach. So this is the message. You get it. Those online, you're going to get it. Those who were in the first service are going to watch online later. Here it is, the message. And, and the message is very simple. It's the message is you can make it. You can make it. And, you know, people are looking forward to it. And you've heard it. You know, I can't wait, wait till 2020 is over. People are just, I've had enough of this year already. We've crammed so much into it. And it's been a tough year for many people, and not only around the world, but in Australia. But again, Australians, we've fared much better than most. It uh, doesn't mean it hasn't been hard. But uh, we have fared better. But, you know, there are other pressures besides COVID. There are other health issues, financial issues, personal issues, uh, and crises that have seemed to be piled up upon others through the life of the church and the world. The secular world talks about wanting to build resilience, and Christians need to know that as well. How do we build resilience into our life to cope with the stresses and and enjoy what will come, uh, in many ways, will be better days, we hope. And uh, that's a good question. Will it be better next year? Uh, Will 21 be better than 2020? Is there any guarantee that next year won't have more problems? Uh, If you know anything about life, uh, we're going to have problems regardless. I don't know if it's going to get better or not. And I want to make sure I certainly don't trust in an uncertain future. I don't know what the future's like. I don't know if next year is going to be better. You know, this year seems to have gone from crisis to crisis. You know, the, the global pandemic, the dramatic changes. Our daily lives have been, been messed up because especially for people like me who are physical touch, love people, we, we, we can't hug people. Like you come to church and you've got to do an elbow. I just, want, I just want to hug people and cry with people and joyfully have time with people. You know, the only person I'm apparently allowed to hug is my wife, you know, because we're under the same roof. But it's so difficult when I want to shake hands and, and, and come alongside people. And our life has had to change. Uh, the economic uncertainty, political and social turmoil, natural disasters as well. And, and by the way, they're called natural disasters because they're natural. There's nothing, they talk about unprecedented, but it's already happened before and it will happen again. Uh, things will go up and down. And, and worse than that are the personal traumas that people deal with. The loss of a loved one, declining or unexpected health issues, unemployment, divorce, violent crime, tragic accidents, loss of income. You know, for many, it has been an unprecedented struggle and an upheaval this year. Now, on a personal note, you know, just, and I'm sharing this because I really feel in my heart, someone here or someone online needs to hear this story. Uh, and again, it's, it's a story that I've been going through. Uh, and, and look, I understand people will face a lot worse than what I'm talking about. Uh, but hopefully we can identify with this. The other morning, this week just gone, I, I was sort of half awake, half asleep. I don't, I don't know which it was, but I had this vivid dream. I was with my older brother, Wayne, and uh, with my mum, who's recently passed away. And I was expressing to mum in this vivid dream that I couldn't remember dad, and I didn't want to forget her also. I was extremely anxious and grieving with her. And then I started remembering things about mum. And one of the pictures of mum was, mum would love to go fishing, so she would grab her dress and roll it up and stick it into her undies. 
you know, just so it would swag there and then she could walk out in the water and go fishing with us. And, and then started to remember things about mum. And then I started to remember things about dad. And there was this constant image, many images, but one of dad particularly was that dad always would read his Bible and the Bible was beside the bed. So he'd get, wake up and he'd grab his Bible. Then I woke up and I had this real deep sense of sadness, but also relieved that I hadn't forgotten dad and a confidence that I wouldn't forget mum either. Now, I, now, somewhere people can have a guilt trip about not always living in the memory of the past. Now, I know some people every year go to a, a graveside or, or whatever. That's fine. I'm not saying don't do that. What I'm saying is sometimes we can get, have this guilt trip about things like forgetting. And the thing is, these, these memories are etched into our mind. We don't forget. They're a part of who we are. And, and there will be moments when we do have grief, but these things slowly go into the background of the memory over time. I'm not saying they're not there, because when we think about them, they're there. We can remember when we take time. And, and like my dream, I was feeling anxious and grieved that I'd forgotten my dad, but now I realised I hadn't. It's just the memory is further back. And you know what? I can make it. You know, these, these experiences are permanent. And they actually make you and me who we are. We never get over them, but we do make it through. And you can make it through whatever you're going through right now. You can make it. And there will come a time, and I know it's cliche, there will come a time when, when you'll look back and realise, wow, I did make it. But right now it may not seem like it. You know, regardless of the source of our crisis, difficult times are, are going to take a heavy toll on our mood, our health, our outlook, that, that we can become negative and thinking what's next in the expectation of something worse, what more could go wrong. Uh, the old saying, you know, three things, they happen in threes. Well, what do we, what do we break that mindset? There comes this expectation when it looks helpless and, and overwhelming and, and the stress and anxiety and the toxins released into our system. Life seems totally out of control and we can become powerless to affect what's going to happen next. It's, next, it's like we're on a roller coaster, we can't get off. We can't avoid the pain and the sorrow and distress in life. But there are always ways we can find to smooth out the rough waters and regain a sense of stability. And we can make it. We can make it through. And resilience is that ability to cope with the loss, the change, the trauma that are inevitable parts of life and have been since before this, this year. But building resilience helps us to better adapt to life-changing events and cope with turbulent times and bounce back from the hardship and the tragedy. Now, biblical resilience is even more powerful. See, the world is hoping for 2021 to be better than 2020. But like I said, we have no guarantee. I don't know if tomorrow's going to be any better. But I have this assured confidence that I have a God who is the God of all my tomorrows. And if I, my hope is not in a better tomorrow, my hope is in the God who holds all the tomorrows. And I want to make sure that I keep my focus on that. See, the more that I'm aware of the Lord of tomorrow, the better I handle today. 
The better we, we, can to- we, we know him, the better we can tolerate the feelings of stress, anxiety and sadness that accompany trauma and adversity. And we find a way to rebound from our setbacks because we can make it and you can make it. See, we all go through bad times, some worse than mine, some not as bad. That's life. We all experience disappointment, loss and change. We all feel sad and anxious and stressed at various times in life. So why do some people seem to cope better than others? The thing is they've learned to maintain a positive outlook and face the uncertain future with less fear and get through even the darkest of days. There are natural things we can do, but ultimately, and look, they're helpful. Ultimately, the natural can't do all that's needed for the spirit and the soul. Coping isn't a macho quality. It isn't fixed. It's an ongoing development process that requires effort to build and maintain over time. The she'll be right is not enough. She'll be right as a comment is not enough. There's got to be a deeper core value in building something into us. The blokes carry on if she'll be right. You know, the, the fact that we have Beyond Blue and people call in all the time, which is a men's health organisation, a mental health, proves that she'll be right is not macho. Men and women often don't seek help when they need it, thinking it might be a weakness, sign of weakness. It's not weakness, it's wisdom to get help when you need it. See, as I've said in a previous sermon, we were never meant to do this journey of life alone. And sometimes the best thing we can do for resilience is simply having others to walk through with us. Others who will just come alongside and others we've learned to trust. And you know, trust is a risk. You take a choice to risk trusting someone. Now, will that be betrayed? Sometimes, but sometimes you actually develop a friend. Sometimes you develop someone you can actually start to share the journey with. And when you have that, you're not walking alone. Now we've got God and we've got people around us and God intended that to be the capacity for our strength, for our health. In fact, recent and past research has shown the primary indicator for longevity of life is our capacity and engagement in meaningful social interaction. Let me read that again. The past and present research has shown the primary indicator for longevity of life that's a quality life, is our capacity and engagement in meaningful social interaction. Why do you think God called us and built a church? Why do you think God says we need to fellowship? Why do you think Hebrews says don't forsake the assembly yourselves together? The scripture is very clear. We need it. It's the only thing in creation that was not good for someone to be alone. Everything else is good. And not just a man and a woman, just being alone. They have a a torture called solitary confinement because they know that we need need contact. We need meaningful social engagement. We need people to do life with. And unless you've faced adversity before, you'll never think you need help. You're unlikely to have had a need to develop a thing called resilience. See, drawing on past experience helps us cope with the challenges of the future. I can look back. We've got a song we sing, Hindsight Tells Me. You know, hindsight tells me God's going to come through. Is it going to be easy? No, hindsight tells me it's a hard journey. Hindsight tells me there are going to be challenging times. Hindsight tells me sometimes I feel like it's just not going to make it. 
It's the old footprints in the sand story. You know, the reality is this. There are times I feel like God is just carrying me. And sometimes your mind says you're doing it yourself and God's left you. But ultimately, it's God who's carrying us through this journey. If we don't have struggles, we don't develop the capacity to cope with adversity. And how we've got through the past may not have been the right way, but the fact that we're still here says, you made it. You made it. I don't know what your past is like. I don't know how bad it looks. But guess what? You're here today. You made it. You're watching online. You made it. You can make it tomorrow. You can make it through today. Hindsight tells me that. But why not make it with joy? Why not make it with resilience? Why not make it with a hope and a confidence? And that really comes from God. There are right ways to build it. And it's not wrong to step away sometimes and have a break. But we don't need to step away to things that are going to destroy us like drugs and alcohol. We we develop strength by enduring the challenges of life. And every time you endure, you have hindsight. Listen, every time we endure, we look back and go, 100%, I should have done that differently. Well, next time you face it, you have an opportunity to put into practice what you know you should have done last time. And how many of you, like me, do the wrong thing again and go, that's twice I've learned that lesson. I still haven't. Well, twice I've been through that teaching phase and I haven't learned the lesson. And how often do we have to go through that teaching phase before we learn the lesson? At least computers, you type it in once. Some blokes need it punched in twice. Sorry. Uh, It's in those challenging seasons we actually learn important things about ourselves. Listen, it's in the challenging seasons we learn important things about ourselves. It's those times we find out where our hope is. It's those times we find out where our strength is. It's in those times we find out where our confidence is. Are we trusting God or are we trying to do it on our own? Lord, reveal to me what I need to grow. Well, the only way he can do that is put you in a place where you're not yet grown enough for it and stretch you and push you through that and bring you into things and never leave you, never forsake you, always be there for you, always there when we call upon him. But these experiences develop character, develop strength in our lives. They also develop a deeper empathy for others. While we, while we develop a strength and resolve for our journey, it, it creates in us a realisation that others are going to have struggles too. And that we can become more empathetic, more sympathetic to other people, realising that, hang on, this journey is never easy. We're all doing a tough journey called this life. And God has always promised to be there with us. He never promised it would be easy. In fact, Jesus said, it's in this world you'll have tribulation. But then he says, be of good cheer. I don't know how those two phrases go together. You're going to have trouble, but be happy. No, it doesn't sound right. But then he gives a reason, because I've overcome. And because he has overcome, we can. And because he has overcome, if our confidence is Him, in him, I know that you can make it. I know that we can get through it. And it's hard to imagine how good can come out of tragedy. But it does help build resilience and it helps us find positives in difficulties. See, there are always benefits to us growing in our capacity to cope with the hardships of life. We increase our capacity and therefore we we increase our resilience. We learn to stay focused while being flexible and productive in both good and bad times. That's something we learn through the hardship of life. You'll never learn that through the easy days. 
We learn to manage and tolerate strong emotions, not suppress them. We learn how to manage and tolerate strong emotions that are outside our comfort zone, even the ones we'd rather avoid like anger and despair. If we do it right, we strengthen our relationships and and we improve our communication skills, especially under pressure. You know, it's like when people are under pressure and then you, you start talking and you lose track of what you're saying. You know, it's like watching people really angry, really argue. You, you, you listen, to it and sometimes the sentences are incoherent. You know, they're halfway through a phrase and start the next sentence. You know, uh, and then they finish the third sentence before they've started the second. It, it, it's like this. But if we learn to handle properly, we actually communicate better under pressure. We learn how to step away from the emotion of it, not deny it, step away and think clearly. We actually realise that when we get through a problem, we can actually go, hang on, with God I got through that, I'm okay. I made it, I'm okay. I don't need to beat myself up, I'm okay. So we actually build the right kind of self-esteem. We get confident that when we face a situation, okay, I've made it through that, I've made it through that, I've made it through that, I can be confident that they'll, we'll find a way. Whatever the problem is, it may not be immediately apparent. I might not see the answer yet. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But experience tells me there is a light at the end of this tunnel. It's not a cave. I'm not in a cave. I'm in a tunnel and I'm going to come out the other end. And if that's the case, I get less afraid of the future. Positive or negative circumstances, I get less afraid of the future. And so how do we develop some of these things to cope with the pressures of life? the times that we'll face. Well, firstly, we've got to accept the truth. See, refusing to accept the truth of what's happening doesn't help. Now, people at church, we've got this problem. How are you? I'm fine. No, I'm messed up. Actually, right now, I need a break. Right now, I just I don't feel like seeing people right now. I'm here because I choose to be here. I'm here because I trust God and I believe the Word of God. But right now, I feel like biting someone's head off. None of you ever have those sort of emotions? Is it just me? You know, I love people. No, I don't. I just want to be away from people for a while. <laughs> we can't refuse to accept the truth. See, we have to be truthful to who we are and the circumstances we're in and whether we're coping or not. The Bible tells me, get help. It says, call on the name of the Lord. When do you call on it? When you're in trouble. Why do we have a throne of grace? It says, when you go to the throne of grace, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? So you can get mercy. What's mercy? Mercy's there because you've just messed up real bad and you need someone to be kind to you right now. So we go to the throne of grace and we find mercy, God's kindness, and then he empowers us to get through it. You can make it. But only when we're truthful about where we are. See, if we deny ourselves, deny the experiences we're going through, we're kidding ourselves. Like we think we can control this. I'm okay, I can handle it. Sometimes the events are uncontrollable. I can't handle COVID. It is such a battle for me every time when I want to hug someone. It's like punch, you know, I feel like punching someone out. I mean, I don't have control, but I can do the best I can. See, denial prevents us from adapting to our new situation. It hinders us from seeking solutions and taking the right kind of action. And you know what? It increases the pain in our life. It prolongs and retards the healing process when I deny 
what's going on. See, I have to be honest. The Bible tells me, be truthful at least to yourself. Where are we right now? What's it like? I'm at the end of a year and I'm at the end of my tether. You know, anyone else feel like you're at the end of the rope and you've tied a knot in and the knot's coming undone? You know, it can, we can feel like that. God, if you don't catch me, God, I am falling. And, and graciously, God always tends to catch us when we call upon the name of the Lord and even when we don't. So when we're truthful about them, we start to identify things we can control, things we have no control over, and things we have influence with. Not control, but a bit of influence to change it. It's a lie to believe that the best way to get through things is to ignore the painful emotions. And that putting on a brave face, there's a right place for it, but there's a wrong time for it too. We have to be honest. We need to, be, we need to have people we can be honest with. God made us emotional. Pleasant and unpleasant, whether we choose to have these emotions or not, it's not an issue. We have them. Suppressing them actually stops the toxins in our body from getting out. They actually have done tests on tears, and tears, because of anxiety or pain, actually have, are full of toxins that we need out of our system. God made us that way to let the emotions and the damage of the emotions out. If we're not honest, we're going to hinder our health. We don't want to suppress them, have the unhealthy physical and psychological side effects. I, listen, I love Psalm 18. Listen to this, verses 1 to 6. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God's strength in whom I trust, my shield and horn of my salvation, my strongholds. That's great. What a great way to start a psalm. Sounds so positive. I will call upon the Lord as worthy to be praised. More positive. So shall I be saved from my enemies. He doesn't deny that he's got enemies. He's calling on God because he's got enemies. He's calling on God because he knows without God, he's got no salvation. The pangs of death surround me. The floods of ungodliness make me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called on the Lord. It's not quite so joyful there, is it? You know, I'm messed up. Everything's going wrong. The snares of death, I'm distressed. I cried to the Lord and he heard me. See, it starts out wonderful, but it goes through the psalmist. Situation is not good. He's in trouble. Uh, the Passion Translation or version, uh, paraphrase of 18 verses 4 to 6 says this. When the ropes of death wrapped around me and terrifying, terrifying torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, Taking me to death's door, to doom's domain, I cried out to you in my distress. So uh, I want us to be able to be honest with ourselves, at least when I'm going through it like that. Uh, when I realise that, hey God, it, it feels like it's all over. It feels like my life is in a heap. You know, I want to praise you or I will praise you, but God, everything is not good. My, my, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, I feel like I'm going to die, everyone's against me, and, and you can carry on in the whinging or you can call upon the name of the Lord. It's when, he's, when David gets honest with his feelings with God, he finds the heart of God toward him to give him strength and confidence and hope and security regardless of the circumstances. Listen, he is not denying the circumstances, but he is confessing that God is with him and with God, he can make it. Listen, so can you. 
you can make it. Many of us heard that the biblical saying, be angry and sin not. It's recorded in Ephesians 4.26. It's a quote, but it comes from Psalm 4. And that psalm starts with, starts with, you relieve me in my distress. So obviously the psalmist is in a distress. And in verse 8 it says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. So he starts off in distress and he declares that God is the one who brings him into safety. See, by allowing ourselves to feel our emotions and expressing them to the Lord, we, we find that even in the most intense times, God is not upset by it. It's unsettling for us, but these feelings, listen, they may not feel like it, but these feelings will pass. Not completely, but they will pass from the control of your life. The trauma of the tough times will start to fade. And you'll be able to find a path forward, talking to someone, talking to God, talking to someone you trust about what you're experiencing, connecting with your emotions and then recovering through the healing process of the challenges and the pain in God. Oh God, I want you in my challenge. I want you in my pain. And most hardships we face can some come from some form of loss whether it's a job or a relationship, a loved one, a way of life, we have to allow ourselves the, the privilege of, G, of grief. It's, God has given us the ability to grieve. And grief is just an expression that comes because we loved. Grief is, a, is an outworking of, of, of a connection to something that's lost, whether it's a person or a job, whatever. It's a connection that's broken. And we are made and allowed to mourn for a season. We have to realise that life has pains and each pain has a healing process and a healing season. It's okay to have a season of grief. This sounds really encouraging for a Pentecostal church just before we hit December, doesn't it? But it's okay to have a time to weep. It's okay. Ecclesiastes says in verse three, uh, verse 4 of chapter 3, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So we've got to be honest with ourselves have to be truthful about our feelings and truthful about the need for relationships. And we've got to be truthful about the important relationships and not withdraw from them. See, the real danger is, is when we're going through something, we want to go away and hide. We, we want to withdraw from the world and just isolate ourselves. There's a real temptation to retreat into our shells when facing these challenging times. We don't want to be a burden to our friends. We we, you know, it's tough enough already for others. Why would I want to unload on them? Sometimes it feels like too much effort to get up from our pain and actually connect with someone to share it. Sometimes that's just hard work. But if you want to recover, we have to reach out. We've got to make sure we don't disconnect from, from connecting to people because that's what gives us long and productive lives, connections. We will not be a burden to our friends. In fact, often if we share the deepest heartaches, people feel privileged that we would trust them and confide in them some of the intimate details of the pains of our life. So try to keep the connections going. Don't hide from church. Don't hide from fellowship. Connect with people. And, and then look, if, if you're going to disconnect from anyone, please think about disconnecting from negative people. Disconnect from people who love to kick you when you're down. You know, and they might not think they're doing that. You know, the people that come up when you're sick, oh, that, it's a judgment of God. 
And I, I, the, the, the spiritual man in me says, God, people are like that. The natural carnal man in me wants to punch them out. You know, people are sick because people are sick. We live in a world where sin is. Our bodies are not perfected yet. We're not in heaven yet. Guess what? I'm going to die one day. That's part of a thing called sin. It's happening to the world. People are not necessarily sick and predominantly not sick because they've sinned. They're sick because we live in a world with sin. And these people come up with these so-called spiritual things. Avoid negative people. People want to magnify your problem. Oh, that is so bad. It is bad. And they make you feel worse. You know, if you really love God, you had faith. God would... Uh, I, I'm, I'm cautious with this. You know, faith, faith is thing through the storm. Read Hebrews 11. Some people faith to success. Other people faith through to death. And they kept trusting God. And guess what? It worked out. They made it. The Bible says a better reward. They made it. And regardless of the circumstances, let's not be like that. Let's let, let not be these negative people. Let's be better than Adam and Eve who hid from God. Maybe even make some new friends. Now, that's a novel idea. Take a risk. You know, look for someone else who might be going through a painful journey and come alongside and encourage them. It's amazing how when you're encouraging someone else, it actually builds you up. It helps you because you're caring for someone. God enables you. God equips you. God pours into you what you need to help them. And it comes from an overflow in your life. We get refreshed because we actually have been properly distracted from our own crisis. Listen, properly distracted, not drunk or stoned or whatever, but properly distracted. And we find value and worth in our life in giving help to others because it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, tough times don't last forever. But might I say, by their very nature, they're not over quickly either. Normally, they're a journey. Normally, there can be the length of the journey is longer for some people. I don't know. We need endurance. The Bible says, after we've done it, we need endurance. We need endurance to recover, to heal from the traumas and pains of life. Endurance is, is learning to take both the appropriate breaks to restore strength and taking on as few as necessary activities at a time. Here, most of us can break one strand of cotton. But if you were trying to break even a button off your shirt, it'd be difficult. So you recover one strand at a time. One activity, don't do it all. Step back a little bit. Learn how to rest and just build one strand at a time into your life. Trust God with that. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your emotions. Build friendships. And each time we complete one small task, every time we do one more thing, cheer yourself on. I did that. I'm I'm gonna make it through this. Yeah, it's painful right now. In fact, very painful. Painful almost to death. But one task. Celebrate this small victory. And everyone is another thread. It's another step in the right direction. It's progress. And every victory brings you closer to wholeness again. It doesn't mean you'll ever forget it. It's not, like we said earlier, it's a part of who you are now. 
You can't change that. But let it become a part that makes you stronger, makes you, makes you more able to help others. Every small victory is another brick in the wall of hope. If we can learn to be grateful for the small things, then we're more likely to find the victories. The victories coming more regularly on our road to recovery. Gratefulness relieves stress. It releases positive endorphins in our minds that help us stay positive. And lastly, I want to talk about this. Be, be truthful to yourself. Be honest with your emotions. Build good friendships. The last point's this. Be kind to yourself. Be kind. Just don't beat yourself up because you feel bad. Be kind to yourself. We're all going through a lot at the moment, but everyone adjusts over time. Upheaval is handled differently by everybody. We're all impacted differently. And don't criticise your own coping skills. We're all going to make mistakes. I've not been this way before. You've not been this way before. Not exactly the same. It may be similar, but not the same. Be kind to yourself. Self-compassion. Because how do you love others if you can't love yourself? It's a part of building this resilience in our life. Go easy on yourself. Come on. Take a rest in the arms of God. Be still and know. I remember as an early Christian, I would get into those prayer times, you know, and I'd get down and I'd pray beside my bed and then I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up sort of humped over the bed and I'd feel so guilty that I'd gone to sleep in the presence of God while trying to pray with me one hour. I'm just as bad as the disciples, you know. They couldn't handle it. And I'd beat myself up. And then when, and I've shared it before and it'd probably be, it's a part of my life. You're going to hear it again. I remember when Daniel was little and we were goo-garring and I was in the chair leaning back and he was goo-garring and all of a sudden he just put his head on my chest and went to sleep. And I feel a little heart beating, beat, 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 beat. Mine going, beat, beat, beat. And the warmth of this, the, the two heartbeats. And, and, and I felt, I felt like abusing him for going to sleep while we were talking. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was a father in love with my son. And I realised God wasn't, God wasn't beating up on me. He was probably just really happy. At least I was trying to pray, trying to talk communicate with him yeah I fell asleep I can't think of a better place to fall asleep than the arms of your father when you've got a good good father so I used to beat myself up how stupid how dumb was I but you know what I learned an important lesson be kind to yourself Psalm 46 listen to this Verses 1 to 3, then 6 and 10. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear. That's a choice. We will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. And the oceans roar and foam. The mountains tremble like waters and the waters surge. The nations are in chaos, verse 6, and the kingdoms crumble. Then verse 10. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. There's nothing wrong with taking a break, taking time for self-care, 
But self-care isn't doing nothing. It's actually very active. It's taking appropriate time, doing the little things that we need. Taking too much time doesn't help. Listen, doing too little leaves room in our minds and hearts to wander. And they wander into dark and wrong areas. We've got to keep active, keep doing, but not doing everything. Take a break. See, Thessalonians says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. We have to keep doing, but just step back a little. Be kind to yourself, take a break. It's okay. I know it's Christmas, coming into the season. Step back, take a break. Don't do as much. Spend more time with God and do less other stuff. Keep going. Because ultimately, if you're in hell, you don't want to stop. Keep going. Because you can make it. And with God, you will make it. Let's pray. Father, regardless of what it looks like out there, regardless of how bad the circumstance might look, we can make it. The more we trust in You, the better we handle the journey. The ups, the downs, the traumas, the calamities, the crises. The more we see You in the midst of the storm, the better we understand that we can make it through this. We can make it through whatever is thrown at us. Like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust Him. God, You've got good in store for us. Somehow in it all, God, I know You're working it for good. I know You're up to something good, even in the calamity of life. I know that we can make it because You are a God who's there for us, who's never left us and never forsakes us, who God who calls us to come boldly to the throne of grace. And Your word to us today is You can make it. You can make it. Build relationship with me and brothers and sisters who love God. You can make it. Maybe you're watching online tonight and you're going through trauma and trials and tribulations. It looks like all hell is broken loose. If you turn to God, I can tell you right now, you can make it and you will make it with Him. He's there, says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't, give, it doesn't say what you've got to be like. Just, just call. Because I tell you right now, you can make it. Now I want to sing that song we started with. Because God is up to something good. God always has something good in store. God will turn it for your good. I'd love you to stand with me as you sing this song. I know it's, a, it's upbeat, but it's what we need. It's a declaration of faith that the calamities will come, but God, somehow you're going to turn it for good. Somehow this circumstance is going to work for good in my life. And whatever it looks like right now, I'm going to get through. I'm going to make it, even if I don't feel like it. With you, I can make it. Come on, let's sing.